Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Red Couch Theology Podcast. This week on our episode, we are finishing up our conversation about relationships, at least for this series. And we have a guest, Andrea Jones, who brought the message on Sunday, will be joining us for this episode. And I think she just had some tremendous insight into how to cultivate a marriage that has a vision big enough to sustain all of life, even life beyond kids. And so I'm not going to give you any more than that. We're going to dive right in and listen to this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. We're trying to decide whether we should stop talking about what we were talking about and start a podcast. <laughs> or is it supposed to be the thing we're supposed to talk about? Who knows? On the Red talk- Couch Theology Podcast. <laughs> we talk about all sorts of random things around here. Where we decided we didn't have enough people whose names begin with A, so we asked Andrea to come join us. Too. <laughs> right. Alex, uh, Andrea, and Aaron. Can you make your awful A-team joke to da, them? Da, like, da, can you, da, da, da. Well, you call triple A to us. <laughs> the A-team. That's just about the A-team. For a second, car. I thought you were going to do Andrea Indiana. might have the best shot at it. <laughs> Oh, with some rubber bands and duct tape. Yeah. For a second, okay. I thought you were going to do Wait, Indiana Jones. Wait, that's MacGyver. Jones. Different show. Okay. <laughs> wow. wow. I'm dating myself completely. Yeah. So yes, Andrea Jones has joined us on the on the uh, podcast this week because she brought the message on Sunday and closed out our series. But pop quiz, I'm going to ask Alex to summarize it. <laughs> Which I said like, confidently in the planning Hopefully I could do. Hopefully you paid attention. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so broadly speaking, I think what you did, which I really liked, was you took Abraham and Sarah's story, or Abraham and Sarai as they mm-hmm. are at the start, uh, and said uh, that how we can replicate them in this relationship's respect is, is having a vision for something, a vision for our marriage that, that's bigger than, than just being married, essentially. Exactly. There's, a, there's something that can sustain that. Um, which I loved. And and so we, obviously, outside of your wisdom and all these different things, we asked you to come do this because um, we looked at the series and so far we'd had, you know, all of the advice had come from two white guys aged between 39 and 40, right? which felt like we were missing something. I thought all the advice came from the Bible, but well, not really. Well, you know, okay, uh, two white guys aged 39 to 40 interpreting the Bible. Fair enough. That's uh, problematic. So yeah. it, it did feel like there was other voices to bring in, and, and then you were in this space where you were thinking, maybe I should preach. Maybe. maybe. Should, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was. I and, was in a maybe. I was definitely in a maybe, and yeah. processing and praying, and then... Yeah, kind and, of, it and came up in one of our it meetings. It did, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was, Aaron was the string puller in all of yeah. that, I think. He was the the, the wizard behind the curtain. Mm. Um, what did I do? <laughs> you you nudged Andrea and said, you I took a question that. mark and turned it into, well, last week's sermon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. I wonder if maybe possibly, how about next week? <laughs> but why don't, you, why don't you for a second share like some of your background with church? Because that was both a big step because preaching in front of, yep. you know, 400 pe- odd people is always a big step. Yeah, big step. Um, so background in teaching and um, and speaking in front of mostly female audiences. Um, worked at Mops International for 12 years on their executive team. And so um, that was super comfortable, but definitely come from um, a background where um, we didn't, you know, my upbringing in church was that women weren't up front speaking. Mm-hmm. So that is a um, a space. I had a I had a talk when I first started at Mops, and they brought in all the teams. And a lot of people think it's only women that work at Mops International, but the operations, IT, and finance team actually are all guys. And they brought them into the back, and I was like panicking because the church I grew up in, like even if you just were giving a testimony as a woman from up front, you had to have a a head covering. And so <laughs> I had like a panic moment and our CEO came into my office and she's like, what's going on? I said, there's dudes out there. <laughs> there's dudes. And, and, uh, Are there any dudes that work in an IT dudes? department? <laughs> Sorry. I'm a nerd. I can say that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, um, and, but I went out there and 
I didn't have a doily on and everything was fine and it was amazing. It Tell felt, me more about great. the doily. What did you have head to wear? Covering. Head covering. Yeah, head covering. I just I was just watching Parks and Rec last night um, before I went to bed and they're talking about like the gender inequality in Pawnee, this town in India. And, and Leslie Nove, the main character, is like, technically, I'm not even allowed to rent out this conference room unless my husband wow. or dad comes with me. Like, oh, it's wow. like still like yeah. stuck in this, this yeah. you know, whatever. Different age yeah. of space. So um, it was very exciting, uh, a little nerve wracking. And but you did wonderful. It was we, amazing. We I loved it. So, yeah. I loved it. Once I was, yeah, up there, yeah. it was fantastic. So we went beautiful. from you trying to write my sermons for me <laughs> to you giving your own sermon. Am I actually allowed to preach anytime again soon? Is that like every week, kind of man? Like... Every week, except for when, you know, just let me know when I'm back. Aaron on. steps in. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so so you you invited people. So so I reiterate that part. Tell us about Abraham and Sarah. Yeah, what I I think when I first started uh, digging into the scripture and preparation, I I found um, I might have a few things in common with Sarah. Mm. <laughs> I think she was maybe a control freak, <laughs> um, and just you know even like when the three visitors came and they're telling. Uh, Abraham at that point, like by this time next year, uh, Sarah will have a child. You will name him Jacob, blah, blah, blah. Or, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. And, um, but the Isaac, Isaac, Isaac. Isaac. okay. I'm switching up. Thank you. Thank you. This is so great. Why short circuited? Cause it was like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, what I think was wonderful was relating to her in that way. And then seeing these and envisioning myself, like, Abraham coming and saying, so, you know, heard from God and we're going and we're hitting the road. And just this process of, I don't know, I would have been like, where, why <laughs> did he say, where, mm. where are we going? Mm, and I could yeah. picture this like conversation over dinner. Um, and then what, what was just striking to me in all of that and their, con the continuum of their journey and God's um, moments where he appeared to them or he showed up to them or he spoke to them was this um, reflection back on a bigger promise on the whole, the whole invitation from them was outside of themselves. And that's where um, my heart has been for marriages in general. And, and it's, you know, one thing I talked about was how that's fleshed out for my husband and I and, mm. um, and, and I think it's just really, I think it's, it's really a piece for us that we go back to regularly and we'll have, a, we usually do an annual, try to do a, a weekend away where we talk about what is this next year and this next season look like for us. Mm -hmm. Always thinking it out. What is it that God, again, is uniquely asking us to step into in this season? So and you were able to do that when you had a five month old, just asking for a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't get away. I will say we didn't get away very much, but I feel like what we did is those first, those first probably that first decade for us was about serving an inner city mm. outreach ministry. Yeah. And so we knew like, this is the North star and ordered world and, and schedules. And yeah. so when people, I love when like young families are like, we put our baby down at this time and we're sleep training and yeah. we're doing all this so foreign to me. I was like young when we got married and Jimmy and I were just like, you're joining our family. So you got to figure this out. <laughs> and, and yeah, we kept going. We were working till 11, 12 at night, youth outings, overnights, weekends, camps, retreats, and, and we did it together. So Mm. Yeah. Well, so so backing up. Yeah. In the series, the role of this particular week in the series was to address, okay, yeah. for a lot of marriages, whether they, I think a lot of them start with this intention, but uh, which with the intention of like we're gonna have this companionship, great, and then the marriage yeah. starts, and then like okay, our life is about taking care of children and helping them grow in the way that they should go so that they won't depart from it. And then once that season has finished, they haven't thought beyond that season. And then they're like, right. ah, my life has no purpose and meeting and yep. our relationship has no purpose and meaning. So part of the role of this particular week was saying, how do we get a bigger 
vision, yeah, one totally. that sustains all of those seasons. Oscar Wilde famously said, the only thing worse than not getting what you want is getting it. Getting it. So for five weeks, we hung out on like, how do you live in the tension of I haven't got what I want? This doesn't feel right. I haven't had this yet. I'm still waiting. Then what happens? Right. What happens when God gave you everything you ever asked for? Right. Um, what do you do then? Right. And that was, and that was really one of the pieces I said um, on Sunday was, you know, everything, you can tick all the boxes. You did it in the right order and you got the degree and you got married and then you stepped into having your first kid and then you've went through the early childhood years and now then middle school and all of these seasons go by and it's such a rush and a whirlwind. And then all of a sudden you're sitting in a house that's become eerily quiet. It's this transition yeah. of the home that you've worked you and your spouse have worked so hard to create this home and this respite and this place of sanctuary in a way for your family, for your kids, but you're still going 90 miles an hour. And then all of a sudden, there you are, and the house is quiet again. And you're like, hmm. And you don't, mm, you spend yeah. so much time swirling what around the kids. I've seen that too, where everything swirls around the kids. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, they're looking at each other like, who are you? Mm. I don't know that I know you. Even the date nights, even like the, like the people that have done the weekly date nights and they've kept that red, you know, that routine and, and that process, which I think is so important. They can still find that all of a sudden the house feels big mm. and what's the next. And how do you embark on something together? Because the together up until that point was really surrounding kids and family. Yeah. And you even mentioned another part of that puzzle which was retirement. That's right. And so you hinted at this a couple of times. It reminded <laughs> me of like in the Gilmore Girls, like her dad retires <laughs> at one point in the show, Gilmore yeah. Girls. Yes, love this, is, Gilmore this Girls. is what I watched. <laughs> Just, yeah, you are I'm, like, a, I'm a girl dad. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. Gilmore yeah. Girls. So her dad, you know, she has a strained re relationship with her her and parents. You're, talk, you're talking about, I'm going to show that I know what you're talking about as well. Now, you're talking about Lorelai's dad. Yeah, Lorelai's yeah. dad retires uh -huh. and her mom's kind of a feisty character already but then her mom she is just going nuts mm. because he's in the house <laughs> he wants to go everywhere with her yeah. he wants to go to to the grocery store with her and yep. so finally she's like Lorelai, can you just please take him off my hands for a day yeah, so yeah, I can yeah. breathe that's yeah. hilarious and, and, I, and I do think there is a natural figure in that because because some couples just I I, I was chatting to a uh a lady who comes to South uh, the other the other day, and she was saying she and her husband do everything together now. Like he's retired, and now they and they love it. They like they're living <laughs> the dream. As far as they're concerned, that that for them yeah. is great. Yeah. Other people just find their like their two things. So, oh, so you know, the, you've yeah. got the, the guy that retires so he can play golf every day, mm -hmm. and and the wife's like, great, yeah, you go play golf, like get out of the house. And then there's the ones where it's like. There's an expectation uh -huh. they're going to do everything yeah, together, yeah, and the yeah. other one doesn't want to. Yeah, right, yeah. totally. And I've and I've I've talked to a, there's one couple in particular that comes to mind from from the body at South, and and you know, she was just like, "This is my jurisdiction. This has been my jurisdiction for the last 35 years. I, you need to find something to do." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they're wrestling. They're still wrestling. I think through, uh -huh. and they're finding it's been pretty. It's been really cool to watch them, you know, grab onto a few things together and mm. jump in at the pickleball. Turf, so. That's yeah. pickleball. No, not no, pickleball, pickleball. Actually, no. Pickleball's like that. That's no. the that's the thing right now. <laughs> Couples that can't play tennis. That's my. <laughs> Great. I feel like it's oh, wow. <laughs> Man, uh, backpedal, European, backpedal, backpedal. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a joke for some special people out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, that's the funny part is that's exactly what my father-in-law does. With, yeah, so um, he's in, he's so actually incredible pickleball player. Uh, anyway, hey, carry on. And that seems like like that's like almost damning with faint praise, isn't it? Like it's like, it's like. He's an innovative cook. It's like, what? Is it good? I don't know. <laughs> well, now we know where Alex stands on pickleball. No one invited Alex to play pickleball. No, I already Everybody. have. I've already taken two invitations to oh, go play pickleball. Really? Yeah, I'm open. I've, I've never I would played. say describe myself as open. Um, but I also like tennis, so... I'm like, I'm trying to... I'm try what I want to learn from these people is why is it just not poor man's tennis? Um, mm. So I'm, I'm open to learning that. I've been wrong about lots of things. 
<laughs> anyway, to move on. <laughs> when you end up in this situation, what do you do? Like, what's the, what's the, the solution? I mean, you presented one, right? You turn the corner from when you're in this spot. Yeah. You need this vision. How do you go about? And you threw in just some of these fun things, like pickleball, almost like. Take a class yeah. together. Go yeah. do the pottery wheel together, like you know. We did. We talked. Like, totally lazy and fun more stuff. Or whatever. And yep. uh, <laughs> <laughs> ghost. Yes, that was ghost. Patrick Swayze was he? Yeah. Uh, was it Patrick, I think it was Patrick uh, Swayze. Okay. Um, you, you do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but huh. that's not enough. Surely. It wasn't like, what I was thinking about when I was thinking about <laughs> yeah, the pottery. I, I just interpreted what was given to me. Right. It was my week to misinterpret what was said instead <laughs> of to awesome. have what I said misinterpreted. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, perfect. But then there's, but there's more than just a hobby. It's not yeah. just that's not sustaining. Right. It's like getting eyes up bigger than that and saying, you know, at this, at this stage when you're 50 plus, um, different you can be in different stages of life but at 50 plus you definitely start to take a different inventory of your life yeah and as a follower of jesus there's this invitation that what does that inventory look like and then how can we together um as a married couple step into places that god might be asking us to step into and i called them in the sermon legacy faith opportunities but you know something where you're leaving this legacy and this faith and this you're passing it on to the next generation. Yeah. And there's so many ways to do that. There's, there's, and, and South is such a beautiful church for that. I, I feel like we have so many people that step into, um, the, into, you know, into the margins with people through serving, um, through our outreach team and our food bank and yeah. projects we do there, um, in kids ministry, um, in student ministry. Like we're a people that invest in people. And yeah. I like our, I just love that. And I love I love that you didn't say to people, you know, don't do fun stuff together. And I think there is that tension because yeah. you, you've you been in the cauldron of, of like the kids phase and they've maybe grown up. They've gone off to college. You maybe got grandkids running around, you know, especially in the older generation, primarily the guy. But there's yeah. a, lot, a lot of work been done over the years. Yeah. And, and and so there is this moment of, oh, thank goodness that part's done. Yeah. To a degree. Uh, yes. I actually had an elder at a church that I worked at before and and he had been he'd done some incredible stuff hmm. uh, in the banking industry, was really like a leader in that nationwide. Uh, and he retired at around 61, 62, and he had enough to buy a house in like a snowbird spot. And okay. he was all pickable, uh, <laughs> golf, like he was into into those things. Um and I just got that sense. No, he really needed that space for a while, at least. Mm. So you're not saying to someone just like stop working 40, 50 hours a week at your job. Now start doing something else for 40, 50 hours a week. No. But but you are in a really healthy way, I think, landing on this idea that well, retirement isn't really a biblical concept. Exactly. A friend of mine said to me <laughs> once, he said he's this like guy in his late 70s, 80s now. And he started multiple companies, the last at 75. Uh, and wow. he said, you know what? He said, retirement, the word comes from uh, what they did to horses the moment they could no longer stand properly. Like mm. the moment they couldn't work anymore, they put them into a field to graze and die over mm. the next six months. Right. Um, and he's like, I'm I'm not ready to do that. Right. And, and so he said, like, I, I decided I was going to find what I loved doing and people I love doing with yeah. it and do it for as long as I could. Um I think that's the invitation, right? Is yeah. to lean into um, getting to know your spouse again in a different way. You kind of get to date again and and new jokes and you know each other so well. There's a familiarity that's beautiful that mm, wasn't there yeah. early in marriage. Um, and I think some of my ideas too were around even par like adult children. Mm. You know, as a parent, once they're launched, like you're fired. Mm. You're fired the parenting role looks so different. And so figuring out how to embrace that and then move into like, uh, okay, what could we do? How can we still cultivate faith traditions mm, in our yeah. family? And, and I think that, that I, I actually mentioned a story the week before about a friend of mine back in Michigan who gave me this brilliant parenting advice. And I've just, just been the thing that I've grabbed hold of, like how you get interested in what your kids are interested in. Yeah. Now, what's I don't get to see him and his involvement very more, but I, I still know his daughter really well. She's a good friend, uh, and what I see now is that he's just taken the same model and 
he's he's moved it to his grandkids. Yep. And and actually freed them up to be a couple and freed them up to have work dreams oh, and life brilliant. dreams and yeah. like history really seems to be from what I can see as a, as an outside observer. I get to hang out with my grandkids and do this again. That's right. Um, with a whole generation. Right. And less of the responsibility. Grandparenting is like pretty brilliant that way. That's what I've heard. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is. But I'm yeah, not... with our kids, it's fun. I Our adult boys will call and be like, hey, mom, we haven't gotten together in a couple of weeks. When are we getting together again? Like they want to be together. They want to hang out at the house. They want to do game night. And when That's your 30-year-old so is calling you and is like, they just texted, actually, <laughs> and saying, like, we want to get together. When are we going to get together? And that's, if it feels, it feels like, yeah, this is good space. This is yeah. amazing space. And texting you, hey, I have a speech. Can you pray for me? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's yeah. huge. I, so one of the points that I loved, and this is related to all of what you've been talking about now, but um, you said one of the reasons why time feels like it speeds up is because we stop having firsts. Right. And that's, like, I think in first service, you even um, clarified even more about the, like, that's psychologically proven yep. partially. Not, yep. uh, and that's not just, like, an observation that you made on your own, but it's, like, that's one of the reasons. Yeah. You, you, you know, have this constant transition when you're younger from one school to the next school, from this experience to that experience. And then eventually you've checked off enough of the experiences. That's and right. it's like time speeds up because you're not having yeah. any more first. And so the, yeah. the challenge, which you said on Sunday, which hit me hmm. and resonated with me was to make sure that you're cultivating and, and finding new opportunities to create firsts. Mm. That's right. And I think that's such powerful, powerful mm. advice. I love that so much. Yeah. Thanks. Um, it's good. I yeah. think I said, that's when I said I wanted to learn how to play drums. And someone came up and offered to teach Jimmy and I how to play drums together. And Allie was, well, we the were going, meets the road. Uh, right? And Allie, we're going Coming home. to a stage near you. <laughs> Allie was like, I don't know how I feel about I our little it. house She's going to be like, two drums. She's going to be there like, stop making so much noise. <laughs> totally. She'll be like the mom. Reversed. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. good, man. I do think you're, you're right. There is this first element. And then, of course, there is just this natural part that, you know, I always think every year of life I live now is a smaller percentage of the life I've already lived. Mm. Like, of course, it feels like it's speeding up a little bit. And and, and this yeah. realization that God has given you these years and you have less of them now than than you did at the beginning. And maybe yeah. like, especially as you, I, I actually, I mean, I turned 40 last year. So, so like based on life expectancy and of course, you know, yeah. there's a reason it's an expectancy and it's an average. But but based on that, I'm like, wow, this is like halfway through. Yeah. Um, like what, what, like, who am I? What, what's, you know, what's being shared? What do I want to be when I grow up? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I yeah. think, and that's like, I, I think if I ever write a book, it'll be late bloomer. I mean, I just feel, I feel like, bloomer. I feel like every few years it's like, what's next? What could be next? And like, I'm just, I, there's this, this deep desire to wake up in the morning and just be like, okay, like, what's the next, mm. what's the next thing to try? something new. I love new things. What can I say yes to? Mm. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, we actually did get a couple questions that I would like to address. Uh, now someone oh. just sent in the word hi. So hello. Hi. Hello. So whoever you are, hello. <laughs> Our answer to you is hi. Yeah. I don't know what just said hi. So, uh, these questions aren't uh, connected necessarily to the to your message directly. It's just more to the series. Mm. So, but we can dive into them. Uh, uh, one was does does the Red Couch Theology uh, show would like some? Would you like an ottoman and a few chairs to be friends with our Red Couch? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe I, I think some contrast between the seating <laughs> spot and the and the couch is probably uh, good. Uh, to, to switch it out for this couch, I would need to sit in it because this is a comfortable spot. And, yeah, and I, I'm fearful that now I, I'm now fearful that all red furniture is really uncomfortable because the only red piece of furniture I've ever sat in is deeply uncomfortable. Oh, wow. So, all right. right. Right now I'm in a place where I'd never buy red furniture ever just based on that. <laughs> um, but 
You like how we bash our 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 podcast title all the time yeah. because of the couch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This awesome. is a cool looking couch. We want this cool of a looking couch that's more comfortable. Yes. Um, although half the time it's the only thing that keeps me awake is that it's so uncomfortable. All right. So that was one question. And so they, exactly and the answer is, was pretty non-specific, really. You didn't commit to anything. No, I, I kind of think that maybe having one color chair versus a different, now we're getting to, into like interior design on our mm-hmm. theology podcast and that's risky. Maybe let's talk. What if there was two red chairs and we, we said like, it's I feel like reds. red chair. Ooh, unless you buy them together, I think opposing reds. I don't think go well. Yeah. I think reds have to be. It's it super to be, risky. Yeah. Mm. Andrea's house is pretty nicely decorated, so I'm going to go with her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it'd don't be, mix reds. it'd be very difficult to pull off well. So, sorry, friends, you don't get to. Uh, now, Ottoman? Uh, no, I think we're good. We have this little whatchamabobbit. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. All right. Next question. <laughs> Uh, we learned over the f- uh, last five weeks about how marriage should be pointing uh, pointing to the inner circle of God. Does that mean that when we get to heaven, there will not be a point to marriage? I was wondering if you could mm. speak into what marriage will look like in heaven. Thanks for your thoughts. I have the text up here for you, Alex. For me? <clears throat> Go ahead and answer. How do I know it's even relevant? I, I'm just going to trust you. You want me to just read it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was thinking of Mark, but this is Matthew. You want to? Jesus replied to, to something, <laughs> to some unknown question right now. I'm, I'm just going to trust that, that, that yeah. We, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures, ouch, or the power of God. Ouch, ouch. Uh, At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So the context of this is that some Sadducees, um, and I I had a friend that always used to make the joke, like, why were they called the Sadducees? (laughs) Because they they didn't believe in the resurrection, so they were Sadducees. Oh, the oldest Bible joke in the book. <laughs> um, they come trying to get him to to admit that there is no resurrection, and, they, and of course they do that with this kind of like ridiculous scenario that they paint for him. Like supposing yeah. a man has a wife, and that man dies, and the wife then is married to his brother, and that brother died, and so she's married to the next brother because she hasn't had kids with any of these. It's the yeah. Leverett marriage system. Um, and really, it's just a bit of a, like, supposing there was a man, blah, 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 blah. It's a nonsense yeah. question. Um, but Jesus does throw us this fascinating nugget in response to that, which is really simply, yes, marriage isn't a resurrection concept. Um, which, yeah. Which, to some people, is a really difficult thing. And now, yet at the same time, it's written into the very marriage vows that you probably have centered your marriage around. Um, you know, who gives this man to be married to this, who this woman to be married to this man. And then you walk through, uh, I take you right. for what? For richer, for poorer, right. for better, for worse, for all these different things until to death, death us do, do part. part. That's right. Uh, and so, so the, the hard part about this union that we are given uh, as this blessing is based on the vows that we make and based on seemingly what Jesus says here. It ends the moment that one of us dies. Um, yeah, that is hard for, I, I think, some, a lot of folks to think through. Um, now, now, what Jesus doesn't say, it, it, G, Jesus actually gives us very little in terms of of this is the picture of resurrection life. It's it's limited, right? It's, very it's, little, yeah. It's, it's not, he doesn't want us apparently to spend all our time thinking about this. What Paul says beautifully, no eye has seen, no yeah, ear has heard right. what God has in store for that's those right. that love him. Like there's, there's this, for Paul, it's just yeah. imagine something better than you can imagine. And this is the kind of thing we're talking yeah. about. Um, but Jesus doesn't delve into how relationships work in general. So I have no problem believing that you can't feel closer to specific people in heaven than other specific people. I, I, I just think the jury's out. We don't know. So, yeah. so is the no possibility? And I, and I, I've had people that I've pastored that have been widowed, um, 
Uh, and you know, I remember one beautiful guy I worked mm. with for a while, 97, when he passed away. And this guy had been a Pentecostal pastor, had been had been close associates with people that had seen people raised from the dead, had seen all of these incredible things, loved Jesus, but his wife had died 20 years before. And he just said in one really honest moment, like, I'm really excited to see Jesus. But to be honest, the person I'm most excited to see is my wife. Mm. Uh, like, like, it just reveals some of that. You can't live 50 years with someone and not build a relationship that feels yeah. like it, it doesn't continue in some way. Yeah. And so you, yeah. you're kind of trusting the mystery. What I think is fascinating about this question and whether it taps into the the heartbeat of it at all is, I feel one of the things we haven't necessarily talked about in this series is that it seems like when God gives us husband and wife together, a major role that the other plays for you in your life is as part of your sanctification process. Totally. Yes. Like, 100%. Like, like, and your kids. Yeah. <laughs> you are formed in the way of Jesus. Absolutely. Because of this other person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is like brings back multiple times throughout the series. It's kind of like, Sometimes if the pressure ratchets up, it's actually a sign that it's working. Yeah. It's not a sign that it, you're supposed to get out. Uh -huh. No. Hey, it's working. Yeah. Good job. Lean in. Yeah. Like this so is this, this relationship's meant to do this. So so when you think about the perspective of eternity and looking back at how, how God has shaped your life, you know, like something like the footprints poem tries to capture mm -hmm. that. Like imagine the, the journey that you've walked. Somewhere, I have no doubt what I'm going to see is that my marriage has been a thing that has made me more like Jesus. Yeah. So Laura is directly related in a way that almost no one else is to, right. to my sanctification process. Yes. Now, in that, in that vein, Paul says this interesting thing in, to the Thessalonian church where he basically says, you know, I am allowed to boast about something and it's your faith. Uh-huh. Yeah. So in so and he's he's talking about in the new heavens, new earth, in this eternal state, yeah, his pride will be in the worship of those who he ministered to on earth. Mm -hmm. And so if in, in line with what you're talking about, part of who you are in mm -hmm. eternity was shaped by your spouse. Mm -hmm. So was was marriage did marriage have a point in life? Absolutely. You are literally, you, your life has been changed for all of eternity in some way, shape, or form by the character-forming nature of relationships on earth. There's like part of who you are that's, that it literally absorbs mm. some of who they are. And, and I think there's definitely things we get wrong about our eternal our eternity pictures. Like there's, there's like, you know, the cloud and harp pictures. That I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I certainly hope it isn't. I hope not. Because no. I don't really like Although playing the harp. You, you sing is like, like, like heaven. Um, it might be an electric harp. Yeah. Uh, not if it's for me. <laughs> Maybe heaven for someone else, but I'm sick of listening to me. So, so but but I think, like, so, so the, the, some of those images, like, this seems like there's work in the new kingdom. This seems like there's roles and responsibilities. This seems like there's all these mm. different things. And yet there is a picture, like, the, the poor especially lands on where he says that the relationship of the church with Jesus is somewhat a picture of, is somewhat found in, in the relationship of a man and a woman in marriage. Um, and I think just like you have those moments, especially when you first fall in love, where you say, you use expressions like she was the only person I had eyes for in the room. Like it was mm. like the whole rest of the room disappeared. Yeah. It was like, comes into movies all the time yeah, is this moment totally. of pride and prejudice when they're, they're dancing and suddenly in the filming, like every other couple disappears. Yeah. Like that's our, ex our earthly experience somewhere. It seems like in eternity we'll be so captivated by this, this God that we finally see Absolutely. face to face that we no longer see through a veil. And that, that certainly whatever the interaction is between husband and wife, Every interaction will pale in comparison That's it. To, to this interaction with this God who made you, uh, who redeemed you, and who has sustained you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Now, 
interestingly, I think that this relates to your message in some, in some interesting ways, because you are challenging people to have a vision that's bigger and, and more beautiful and beyond. Um, and so the question is kind of loaded, like, well, if it doesn't go into eternity, then how's that make you feel? And mm-hmm. yeah, that can be hard, but maybe, maybe all of our relationships will have this purpose and meaning and fulfillment in them that's like yeah. bigger and more beautiful. Well, there's yeah. the celebration piece of it both. I mean, there's, I definitely have had so many at 33 years um, married at, there's just so many places where I know for Jimmy, <laughs> I've been like the, th- like there are things that are being carved away. Right. Yeah. And that's that process that you just talked about, Alex. And same with me. And then there's these beautiful moments of celebration that are just, that are, are hinted at. It's this kingdom mindedness and this celebration of God using us together to create an earthly family and to invest in the kingdom, a bigger view, like pull back a little bit more and actually live into this incredible invitation by the Lord to, yeah, you know, go big guys, go big, mm-hmm. like pour it out, pour yourself out and, and let, let me just show you how I'm going to show up for your marriage, for your kids, yeah. for their kids. And we don't, and, and I'm absolutely convinced like Abraham and Sarah, we're not going to see it all. We don't get to see it all. We get to see glimpses. Yeah, There'll be things yeah. that, you know, one day when I'm, you know, getting to go meet Jesus, that my kids are going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wish that I could tick. I wish I, they, I would have seen this in them or, you know, something like that. And I, but I, I trust God's promises toward our family and um, the way that he's led us. And mm, that's awesome. wait, I'm going to wait for him to keep on keeping on. So, Yeah. Yeah. So that this was our last week of the series. So Alex, um, mm. as you reflect back on the series, on your longing for the series, you had a you had a, a dream and a vision for the series and why you thought South Fellowship Church mm. in twenty twenty three should go through this. Mm. Are there some things like if if someone was in and out of the series um yeah, and they were skipping around or, or they missed most of it, or if they're just a podcast listener, listener recently, what are the things that you're just really hoping this community takes away from this? Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I, th- I think the mantra that I had over and over again was it's okay to acknowledge relationships are hard work. Like the, 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 especially I think in the, the, the modern <laughs> age, this like sense of like, well, if you're in love, shouldn't it be easy? <laughs> And you're like, well, no, because it's two individual people right. learning to live with each other with all of their preferences. It doesn't matter yeah. if we're in love, especially if the primary way you're describing love at that point is physical attraction. Yeah. Um, like you can find someone as attractive as you like, but like there's, <laughs> there's still going to be moments where there's collision. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, there's so much there in terms of personality and which personality types suit each other and all right. of those different things. Like it, but, it, but expect to have to work is is maybe something and i think that was for some people you know i had some great conversations with some older couples in the church that were like wow you guys really aren't gonna let us rest on our laurels are you you're like you know yeah yeah and 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 some others that said yeah maybe we just got a bit complacent um Mm. maybe there is like some some new story or some things to work on that we just kind of said yeah that's never going to change so so i think that was fun um and I think that that's what I wanted us to grasp. Like there's, there's things to grow in. Now, of course, in just a few weeks, especially as we focused on, uh, on I'm kind of singleness for almost a couple of weeks, really, and, and different elements of a relationship. You can never cover every tension mm. that you hope mm. that you can cover. Like there's so we could have gone on for weeks on all of the different nuances. conundrums Absolutely. within marriages, nuances in marriages. Yep. So I only really picked a couple. I think the other thing that I was hoping that people would get is it's okay actually to live into the season you're in at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, and that one, one great piece of advice I had at maybe 21 and 21, you know, you're a single Christian guy and you're like, Oh my goodness, I need to get married as soon as possible. Um, and I was chatting to this friend who was about six, seven years older than me, who just had his first child. Um, and we were talking about that and he, he, he sat down with me and said, Alex, can I just say this? While you're single, 
enjoy being single. Mm. And when you're dating, enjoy dating. And when you're engaged, make sure you enjoy being engaged. And when you're first married, right. enjoy being married. And when you have kids, enjoy having kids. And he could have gone on, but he hadn't you know, been through those stages yet. Because it's so easy to throw in like, oh, I wish. I wish I was through the five-month-old phase. Like there's nights at the moment where I'm like, can we be through the five-month-old phase <laughs> for the moment? And yet there's compelling aspects to it too. Yeah. You can, and then they start crawling. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's always the like, I wish it was something in the future or I missed the thing in the past. It's really difficult to yeah. stop and say, God, you've given me a gift right now. It is. And we, and we talked about that actually in the first series of the year. Yeah. We talked about how our, our tendencies tend to push us towards past or future. And God calls us to live in the present. In the present. Um, and I think too, in your um, sermon, Aaron, that you did too, you did a beautiful job of just allowing for those who have navigated um yeah, the road of divorce to say, like, also in this season, like, it's not the end of your story. Mm. And, yeah. and that's this, that's, again, it was just a reiteration of this intentionality in where we are now. How can you be fully present and embrace where you are, be grateful, and still have the eye to the bigger picture, yeah. right, as a whole, and that we're, we're going to mess up, man. We're just these fallible creatures that want to look good, feel good, be right, be smart and be in control. And... Well, even that, like we, <laughs> yeah. we, we used Causes phrase, all kinds of problems. Aaron and I both used yeah. to phrase something like God's grace is greater than your relationship status. God's mm. grace is great. Like That's this, right. but, yeah. but you can extend those like God's, God's grace is greater than your DNA. Totally. God's grace is greater than your parenting ability. Like, mm. like the multiple the things Lord. that you like, um, <laughs> Yeah, they don't. They aren't the ultimate mm. factor. Um, so I think I think there was there were these different elements that um, that just you hope resonate across a whole series. Yeah. Um, and and now we get to go back into the hard work of actually continuing to work on relationships. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that for me in the series, sort of that idea, um, it was just a good reminder that this that phrase you use that um relationships are hard work let's work hard on relationships um and I, I i tell my kids this all the time there is nothing in life that's worth engaging in that isn't hard work mm. yeah yeah and things. like if you want to be good at an instrument it's hard work, hard work. i think we, talk, we talked about you that, might yeah. get to the place where it's easy but only on the other side of yeah. massive yeah. like if you get there that means you put even more work in because right. then the muscle memory is so ingrained well, the same, for the instrument or the like, whatever. Let's take something that, that you know, isn't, isn't like super important in the grand scheme of things, but something like golf. Yeah. Like you, they have this handicap system, like getting down from 28, which is the highest down to 20 is actually pretty easy with some moderate work. Mm. Getting down from 20 to, 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 to single digits it is That's... a lot harder than getting down from 28 to, and then once you're down in those lower single digits, getting to zero is, is even hard. Like you have to work harder and harder and harder, the better you get mm. to see tiny increment weightlifting, same thing. Like there's so many things that in actual fact, like to get to those levels, you, you have to work harder. And so you see these incredible guitarists, yeah. if they want to do something like even beyond them, like, like it's, right. it's even more Work. The you law know. of diminishing returns. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks yeah. for saying what I said over like five minutes in like three seconds. <laughs> Darn it, could have just said but, uh, but. <laughs> Remember the law of diminishing returns. <laughs> That's right. Uh, um, anything else we want to cover today in the episode? Is there anything burning in your heart that you're just like, this, this was the one thing I wanted people to get. I think one thing that in talking to people, even after the service on Sunday is I had at least four people come up to me, uh, men and women say, man, that thing, I had mentioned something about being on the sidelines. Like, mm, are you actually in yeah. the game? Are you on the sidelines? And, um, I think when the world is spinning, what feels like a thousand miles an hour, whether you are, uh, both working or one of you is working, one's primary on home front, whatever that looks like, I think that um, it is, it's really tricky to, um, and easy to kind of bow out and 
sit on the sidelines. I think I said, or ride the pine or whatever that was. But basically, um, that happens so much. And your kids know it when, when that happens. And there are just really hard seasons in life where that may be a, a short period. Like it may be that there's a short period. When and that's I, a thing I think that one happens. of my things that I wish we could have got to somewhere that I don't think we really did um, was some of the, like the why of the sidelines. Right. So, so sometimes it's just like, it's a disconnect somewhere or something like that. Yep. Sometimes like one of the things I wish I could have landed in, and we'll probably come back to at some point is how do you help couples check like why are we living the way we're living? So some of the things that force you to the sidelines or force the marriage to the sidelines are, do you know what? Our kids are in 50 different activities. Yeah. And 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 the question I would always encourage people to ask is like, why yeah. are they in 50 different activities? Exactly. Do they need to be in 50 different activities or would 40 have been okay? Yeah. Like sometimes it's like we're both working an absolute turn and, and, and then you get to the bottom of it and you're like, well, why are you working an absolute turn? Yep. Well, so we can live in a 5,000 square foot house That's and right. we can both drive two brand new cars. And you're like, okay, why? Choices. Uh, like, like, and, and it's not that necessarily inherently the choices are bad and that, and that you're telling the person, no. don't do it. You are at least asking people to look through the lens of, is there something that you're chasing that you think you might find in constant busyness and you think you might find in two new cars on the drive. Right. And actually you might find it in the core human relationship that God has called you to. Yep. And that's getting yeah. sidelined because you're just too busy. Right. And I would say, I, I mean, Jimmy and I, as I shared, we have spent 28 years working in an outreach ministry. And a lot of the families, the kiddos we work with had, had families that dad wasn't around. Dad wasn't present at yeah. all. And yet we then spent some time working with kids where technically dad was present. He's in the home. Mm. Only he's flying, traveling five days a week. When he is home, he's in his, you know, work. He's staring at his phone. And the level of loss. Mm is almost easier and more palatable when they're physically gone as well Yeah. than oh. when they're right there and completely absent. Yeah. Mm. And, and, uh, and I, I, one of the things that Laura and I really had to weigh up when we moved here was I knew I was moving from a job. Mm. I knew this job was going to cause me to work more. Uh, and it felt like a community that fit us as a family. We were really excited about that. Um, we, were excited about like the location the, there yeah. were lots that the team like there was lots that was compelling to us but the check that we had was at the time i was pastoring a community of about 100 people mm. um if i was honest like on a given week i could control my week to the point that i could i could do my job in about 30 hours a week outside of a crisis right um i was a 30 second walk from oh, the wow. church I would come home in between meetings just yeah. to say hi. My kids were homeschooled. In the summer, I would take them swimming at two, three o'clock in the afternoon and then go back and do a little more work. Yeah. And the amount of time we had together as a family and the amount that I got yeah. to invest, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful that I've had it. Yeah. But we were aware that there was going to be this shift. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is just some, just some wisdom in, in asking God, like, are we living the life that we're living because it's healthy? Right. Or, or are we living the life that we're living because some societal thing is driving us? Um, and we've we've maybe lost control of that a little bit. Yeah. Mm. And it's so easy. It's like this one decision, one decision, and you thought you were heading this way, and five decisions later, the trajectory yeah. is completely I, changed. I actually remem yeah. remember flying home uh, to see, I think we were going to see Laura's family. We flew on Christmas Eve. Um maybe we were going back to see my family, but it was, like, yeah, it was literally like Christmas Eve. Yeah. And we're with this guy on the plane and he's been great with our kids. He gave us some of his free drinks things, but he's just about to get home for Christmas. Like and he's making this desperate dash to wow. get back. Yeah. And he's showing me a video of their last Christmas. And this guy, like he's the head of sales for this huge company. And, and he showed us the Christmas morning and there's just presents everywhere. Like for their kids, the mm -hmm. three, three kids, 
this presence lining both sides of the stairs, this presence that are like all around the living room. I mean, I mean I'm talking thousands of dollars of gifts. Yeah. Um, and he's like, this is what we do for Christmas. And he's like, I'll be home for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I'm leaving the day after. I'll be back after New Year's. Like, because it's go and it's go and it's go. And I'm like, oh, like, I wonder how many times those kids think, like, forgive the pun, but like, I'd, 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 I'd give up the presents for the presents. Absolutely. Um, so there's, yeah, I, I don't know that that we got a chance to land on that in the, the series, but I'm sure there'll be other relationship series <laughs> to talk about at some point. Totally. No, all of the relationships are perfect now. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if it worked like that? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you all for tuning in. And if you have any other uh, questions, like th like this one seemed like a question that was just a little bit more bigger picture for the whole series, feel free to send them in. Um, yeah, like, subscribe, share. Give us some feedback. This on... week at South, we're into Pentecost and three weeks yeah. on uh, life in the, in the spirit, which is is going to be a fun place for questions. Yeah, this weekend is going to be just a fun celebration. This week, which yeah. is, you know, is just a delight. New life parties. Um, and, That's right. Yeah. And Andrea, thank you because you actually reduced the time that we usually talk, which is amazing. Did I really? That's amazing. Like, well, I'm 50 minutes. Like we were on task. And I'm normally like we. <laughs> Normally we just like bounce around from subject to subject until we discover what the actual yeah. topic. Hey, by the way, if you're still listening, which that's weird, um, that's a tip for how to listen to our podcast. If you really want the good stuff, make sure you like just start around thirty minutes. That's usually when Alex and I discover what the episode's going to be about. <laughs> oh man, I don't know what's more concerning that that's actually how it works, or that we know that that's how it works and it's still playing that way. Well. It, yeah, every time we've sat down and been like really meticulous, the episodes are like. Yeah. So maybe the most scary thing beyond those two things is that we know that that's how it works. It still works that way, and that's the best way it works. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're grateful for all of those of you who are crazy enough to listen to us meander around in conversation, <laughs> but it's fun. We'll catch y'all later and then i always do this awkward thing where i'm not really prepared to shut off the episode and goodbye. <laughs> well thanks again for listening and we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you we'd love to interact with you about this so feel free to leave comments questions all that sort of thing and we'll try our best to get back to you when we can have a great day